What do you think is the most useless body part in uh, in the modern day? I, I think it's a toss up between the male nipple or toenails. Like, what do we need toenails for? Why haven't we evolved out of toenails? Hands down, the nipple. They're just a hassle. Who yeah, no, to- toenails are for defensive purposes. All right. The yeah, but we're not. I've had to kill someone with my toenails. Is <laughs> oh, we're wearing shoes. <laughs> Hello and welcome to your favourite podcast, Brad is a Bad Person. My name is Morgan, I am the host of this podcast, and I don't believe in intellectual property rights. I am joined as always by Lachlan, Ahoy hoy. who would download a car, and by Brad, <laughs> Hello. who has received a cease and desist letter for violating copyright. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're talking about patents. A friend of the show made a very generous donation and suggested this topic. How are we going to make it into a full-length episode, you ask? Well, stick around and find out. We've had a bit of fun with it. Hopefully, our friend doesn't mind. Yes. So, guys, let's get ready to ramble. I feel like we should, <laughs> when someone makes a donation, I feel like we should thank them by name. Yeah. Uh, so, thank you, Liam. Yes, thank he's, you, Liam. He's not an anonymous benefactor. <laughs> a rich British tycoon has donated. I mean, I think he is pretty rich, but, you know. <laughs> well, I definitely not British. I, I just, I just said let's get ready to ramble because it's an excellent pun, which you obviously know. But um, oh, I God. also used it because if I had used the word rumble, then I would be infringing upon copyright because that phrase is trademarked. Ah, <laughs> okay. oh, it's that guy does all the openings to, like boxing matches. He oh, actually- let's get ready to rumble. Yeah, that guy. Might have to beep that ah, out. Copy strike. Um, <laughs> no, nah, like, I'm sure you can say it, but for example, K- Kmart couldn't print that phrase on a shirt and sell mm. it without uh, paying a licensing fee. Isn't mm. that crazy? That is insane. Yeah, I mean, copyrights that- and patents are a little bit different, but yeah. I guess What's we'll the difference? get into that. Well, copyrights are more <laughs> for uh, um, like trademarks and that sort of thing, whereas. Like logos and, and sayings and shit, whereas a patent is an, an idea or an invention. Yeah. All right. Before we get started today, I want to remind everyone to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you leave us a nice review on iTunes, we'll give you a shout out during the show to say thank you. If you want to get in contact with us and suggest an episode idea or just say hi, please do. We always love interacting with our fans. You can do that on our social media. Or on our website, bradisabadperson.com. If you really, really like us, then you can buy us a beer through paypal.me slash bradisabadperson. But otherwise, the best thing you can do to support the show is tell a friend to listen. Lachlan, do you want to get it, get this party started by cracking open a cold one with the boys? It's time to crack open a cold one with the boys. Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, PBR, as it is colloquially known. I believe it's the oh, yeah. hipster beer of choice in America. Um, now, Morgan, it's like I know the white you, trash beer, but also the hipster beer. Morgs. Well, I think, yeah, I think the hipsters drink it ironically because the white trash drink it. Yeah. Um, I don't nah. believe I've ever had a PBR before. If I have, well, obviously wasn't that remarkable because I don't remember it. Um, but what strikes me about this can is that it's 330 mils, whereas most of our canned beer is 375 mils. Um, I don't know whether that's a Pabst Blue Ribbon thing or whether that's just an American thing in general. 
No, it's not an American thing. In America, they do 355 mils because that's 12 ounces. And oh. in Europe, they do 330 mils. So, I don't know why they're doing that. I guess, yeah, I, um, I guess if it's- Euro trash. Yeah, exported from America. <laughs> Australia just gets lumped in with Europe a lot, um, so that's probably why. Yeah. But uh, let's give it a go. Nice. Big fan myself, I must say. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You might be- Blue Ribbon means like first prize. So. It does. <laughs> Pabs to the first prize. The best. You might be part of <laughs> white fan. trash. Looking. What does- well, if, I mean, if this is white <laughs> trash, I'm happy to be white trash. <laughs> <laughs> it is actually it's um I should have said this at the start it's 4.6% so mm. it's um stronger than your average beer it'll get you where you need to go get mm. her done 1.2 standard drinks in a smaller can mm. Mm. yeah all right well Brad you're gonna enthrall us with your uh story about patents first so do you want to get us started yes yes so this week I found out that google patents is or patents is a thing I don't know about you guys, but I never knew that they Google had categorized uh, all patents, and it's free to view anytime anyone wants to. So I didn't Google, know that, Google but patents. it doesn't surprise yeah. me. It's very cool. Um, but anyway, while I was on Google Patents, I fell down a rabbit hole of patents, and on the other side, I couldn't pick just one. So these are the two patents I enjoyed the most that I discovered this week. Mm. Are we both? Are we all going to switch between patents and patents? I, I think can't it's, help. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I don't know which is correct. I, I just I don't know which one feels more comfortable because I say it so. Yeah, it's like a castle and castle type thing where both are yeah. okay. Yeah, I think I mean, so. Well, yeah, but castle is pretentious and Adelaidean. So. Yeah, I will do my best to say patents from now on. Okay. That's what I'm going to go with. Either. I'm going to go with patents. Okay. Yeah, I'll do patents. It sounds more Australian. Well, the first patent to grab my eye was US <laughs> 3216423A. Apparatus for facilitating the birth of a child by centrifugal force. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you heard that correctly. A device to assist women in childbirth by spinning them so fast the baby is essentially ripped out of their uterus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> first patented on the 15th of the 1st, 1963, I'm not sure what George and Charlotte Blonsky were smoking, but when they designed this contraption, uh, I'll have me some of that. Blonsky is very close <laughs> to Blonsky, I noticed, so. <laughs> Conspiracy? I don't know. Can I um, just uh, drop some knowledge on you? There's no such yeah. thing as centrifugal force. It's actually centripetal force. Oh, well. It says centrifugal there, so I just well, that. Yeah, have I mean, changed since the sixties. Apparently, they Legal also purposes. think that you should give birth to a child by being spun around in a circle very fast. So you know, let's yeah. <laughs> not let's not trust them that's as fair. the authority on anything. Fair criticism. Fair criticism. Um, anyway, I know podcasts are a visual medium, so you'll have to use your imagination here. This thing looks like a giant lazy Susan with a pregnant woman strapped to one side. <laughs> <laughs> the victim of childbirth is then strapped <laughs> with her legs in stirrups, much the same way as you'll see in any maternity ward. What's not the same, however, is that her pillow is bolted to the bed, her head and neck are strapped to the bed, oh, and a God. catch net is hooked between her thighs. <laughs> See, hopefully you are now having the same realisation that I did the moment I saw that glorified baby sack. 
This is no gentle therapeutic spin to calm mum to be, rather a breaking out ride akin to those required to make it into NASA's space program. <laughs> As I read on, the patent describes a protective fence surrounding the spinning deck oh, to prevent God. onlookers from getting too close. <laughs> this thing is moving so fast that no one can be in the same vicinity of it, just like my Beyblades as a kid. Is this like a caution for the uh, people in the first few rows might get wet? (laughs) (laughs) You have to wear a poncho. (laughs) It's more like if you get too close and get snagged on this thing, you're going to be flung around the room at like 100 miles an hour. So, um, that being said, the patent wasn't specific about the speeds that could be achieved, but I did find this. It's a direct quote from the application. (laughs) The maximum Gs that can be used with safety on the particular patient are decided upon before the operation. During the operation, the operator gradually speeds up the machine to the predetermined force which is expected to produce the birth of the child. And if such, the force does not accomplish this, he does not exceed it unless the physician decides to go into higher Gs. (laughs) So, not only is this baby going to get up to some serious speed, it's going to take some time getting there. I also don't think we're talking about two or three Gs here. So, just to give you an idea, the maximum Gs a pilot can handle at nine, and I feel like we're somewhere around five or six with this thing. <laughs> now, a smarter man than me might have been able to figure out an approximate speed, given the G-force being exerted on a victim, but I lack the dimensions of the machine because they weren't specified in the patent. I guess you could go as big as you want to or as small as you want to, Maybe you could even have a rotating ring of women around the outside, <laughs> thus <laughs> killing, I don't know, 12 birds with one stone. So to speak. all in one hit. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, uh, I did find a rough conversion table uh, in miles per hour, which puts, um, sorry, at, at 100 miles per hour, mum and bub would likely have been pulling 4.5 Gs. Fucking hell. So, wow. un- unfortunately for the world, Blonsky and Blonsky's invention never took off. Oh, but that no. doesn't mean they didn't try. The patent was regularly updated and renewed until its expiration in 1982. So for about 20 years, they tried to get this built. Silver linings, though. If you do want to produce your own baby slinger 9000, you are free to do so. <laughs> That's why I call in my reg- penis the baby slinger 9000. <laughs> yeah. From one baby slinger to another. Um, <laughs> in, in regard to patent number US 321623A, I'll leave you with what made Blonsky and Blonsky think this machine was required. It is known that due to natural anatomical conditions, the fetus needs the application of considerable propelling force to enable it to push aside the constricting, constricting vaginal walls to overcome the friction of the uteral and vaginal surfaces and to counteract the atmospheric pressure opposing the emergence of the child. In the case of a woman who has fully developed muscular system and has had ample physical exertion all through the pregnancy, as is common with the more primitive peoples, nature provides all the necessary equipment and power to have a normal and quick delivery. This is not the case, however, with more civilised women who do not have the opportunity to develop the muscles needed in confinement. There you go, women. You suck because you're soft and you can't push babies out anymore. <laughs> Been coddled for too long. Can I go back it. to the jungle? If it's stupid and it works, it's not stupid. So <laughs> I would 
have loved to have seen a live demonstration of this thing because it just oh, had absolutely. like belts and pulleys underneath the lazy Susan esque part, and I reckon it would have been loud as fuck when it got humming. <laughs> so oh, I'm so sad that it never. Do you think they put mainstream. one of those whistles on it that, um, like, you have on on bike wheels and stuff that <laughs> gets louder <laughs> as it goes faster? Makes it sound like a motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was this, like, when I saw the diagram, and the diagram, you know, had a woman in stirrups in it as well, so it was fantastic to look at. Um, The first thing that I spotted was that baby catching net, because obviously (laughs) the gynecologist and obstetrician and whoever else can't be on the platform at the same time, or else they get flung off. So, yeah, they need a net to catch the baby. It was just the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. I don't know how it got past, like, it's, it's one of those things you would imagine, you know, when you're super high or really drunk or something. Like, wouldn't it be funny if we turn this lazy Susan into a fucking baby slinger? Ah, I just... It was, it was just mental. <sighs> Did you say it was a husband and wife that came up with it? Yeah. Or a man and a woman? It was a husband she, and wife, yeah. Was she volunteering to be the first well, person to try it? That or? was also one of the other things that jumped out at me. She, she's a woman, so it's not like it... Like, I can understand mm. a guy getting like, oh, we'll just fucking fling it right out of her or whatever. But she was a woman, and she was like, yeah, I would get into this. So, like, Maybe <laughs> she was pregnant at the time, and she was just like, you got to get this fucking thing out of me. Like, she was just over it. <laughs> I would not be surprised. <laughs> put me in the spinny chair and just, just spin me around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But... Yeah, absolutely mental. I, I love also like fifties and sixties innovation. Like they were just mm-hmm. they're like, fuck it, we don't care. If, if if we think it's a chance, we'll give it a whirl, you know. It was the Literally. age of innovation. Yeah. <laughs> Literally give it a whirl. <laughs> nice. Well done. <laughs> you idiot, bro. <laughs> anyway, I knew that the baby slinger nine thousand would be hard to beat, but while trawling through mounds of useless life saving devices, I found US forty four thirty two fifty four five A. A non-lethal cockfighting system. What? Now, I was hesitant to click on this because it was genuinely a 50-50 chance <laughs> that it had to do with roosters <laughs> or some sort of holster for your cock that allowed you to shoot nerf darts, nerf darts at your friend's cock. <laughs> I'd be down for that. That'd be fucking sweet. Patent pending. Um, <laughs> to my relief and disappointment, it was the former. Charles C. Vanderpool was clearly a cockfighting enthusiast because in, on the 28th of the 7th, 1980, he went out and invented boxing gloves for chickens. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Chickens don't have hands! <laughs> His solution to roosters getting massacred was to throw a pair of boxing gloves on them. Yeah, isn't the whole point that they claw each other and that's how they can actually do damage to yeah. each Now, the more astute of you might have realised... That this presents a problem for the sport itself. The usual yes. manner of victory in a cockfight is to leave your opponent in a bloody mess, soon to be that night's dinner. How, oh how, would a winner be determined if no roosters were slaughtered? Mm. Well, Charles has got you covered. Oh, Quite frankly, it's fucking brilliant. A built-in <laughs> scoring system. <laughs> Each glove contained a sensor that would detect movement down the axis of a cock's spur. Oh. In a, in a real so bout, this would be determined as a good strike. Genius. The, the glove would then transmit that hit to a receiver mounted in a scoreboard above the arena. Now, 
There were some limitations. The scoreboard could be no more than 10 metres away from the roosters or it wouldn't receive any information. And clearly the technical limitations of the 80s kept Charles' invention from going mainstream, which is excellent news for everybody else because Charles Payton, for the sickest kid's birthday party idea ever, expired in 2001. Oh, so I'm pleased to announce Brad is a bad person's first ever Kickstarter for Rooster Boxing Gloves. <laughs> Early backers will, of course, receive two pairs of Rooster Rumblers. I'm still working on the name. Uh, to host your very own. <laughs> That's pretty good, Brad. <laughs> to host your very own Rooster Fight Club. Um, and if we hit our stretch goal, I'm looking to implement custom patterns and designs. You'll find us in, on Kickstarter under the fashion section or simply head to <laughs> kickstarter.com forward slash crazy cocks. <laughs> but yes, no, this guy uh, was clearly an enthusiast so that he would like to have his name associated with cockfighting for the rest of yeah. his life on the Payton's page. <laughs> um, uh, can I suggest, I want to suggest a new name. Can we call him uh, Cockknockers? Cockknockers! <laughs> There we go. That's our working name, Cocknotties. Do you think they're um, they're Peter approved? It seems like something Peter would be down for. Well, you would think so, yeah. wouldn't you? Decreasing animal violence. Yeah, I mean, it's a get the best of both worlds. They get That's right. Exercise. We get entertainment. That's no right. Keeps everyone hurt. happy. Win win. It's a win win. I feel like Peter should be on Mister Vanderpool. They should be circuit. championing it. Yeah. Brad, considering considering most cockfights happen in Mexican villages that don't even have electricity, how would they have this? Um, <laughs> or Michael sort of Vick's garage? Yeah. Oh no, that was dog fights. My bad. That was dogs. <laughs> no, Americans fight dogs, Brad. We're, they're a bit classier. <laughs> you know? You've got to go south of the border before you into the bird world. It's mammal fighting up north. Yeah. Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> I got up in fucking mixed dogs. Do you really think like the places that hold uh, cockfights are really going to have like high tech systems and stuff like that, like scoreboards oh, and shit like that, or any real morals or ethics? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they don't care if the yeah, it's just gets killed. Just dinner fighting. So like I don't know, probably not. But Mister Vanderpool believed in it because he he kept that pattern going for twenty one years. So. He's a visionary. I mean, he was, and I, I feel like they say like expired, but some of them also say. I think um, he says that fee required or something like that. So I think someone else can buy the patent now if they wanted to. Oh. Which Maybe I, we should kickstart this. Yeah, on. no, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to. Like, we get it cheap. Get on the cheap. And that's that's just the US patent. He didn't go international. So, I mean, we don't even need to get his patent. We can just oh, wow. start our own. Yeah. jump on it. Yeah. Amazingly, Very nowhere nice. else in the world has, has anyone tried to patent this idea. No context with Brad. During the 1960s, Zambia aimed to beat both the US and the USSR into space. The Afronauts, <laughs> as they were dubbed, Afronauts. <laughs> to simulate weightlessness, weightlessness and barrels rolled down hills to simulate G-forces. Do with that what you will. Oh, man, they should have got one of those baby spinners. That would have been the way. There's <laughs> the G-force. <laughs> they would have been in space in no time. Afronauts. Baby in that space. That is fantastic. That's how they were referred to by the person who created them. I can't remember his name off the top of my I head. I love it. Um, but yes, I, that is not me being racist, I promise. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. I think the afro was more to refer to Africa, but not, not the hairstyle. So. <laughs> I don't, of course it is, bro. I just saw the same. 
No one thought it was the hairstyle. I just wanted to clarify because how would they come how would me. they fit them in the space helmets, Brad? Yeah, exactly. yeah, Brad. <laughs> to be fair, you, when you're using tree swings and uh, barrels rolled down hills, I don't think that you have space helmets. You got to work with what you got. Exactly. It's kind of it's kind of like cool runnings, but uh, it'll work <laughs> <The> out. Space. <laughs> space. <laughs> cool spacings. Um, all right, you got another pattern for us, Brad? Or are you still going with that one? Yeah, I'm still going with that one. I, those were my two favourite. Though I will give you a shout out. Uh, sorry, give a shout out to honourable mention. Yeah, okay. an honourable mention. I didn't prepare entirely on this, but I did find a death ray that was launched via intercontinental ballistic missile and required used uh, microwaves from a solar array to produce a non-nuclear death ray um, that could take out entire cities. Oh, but also in peacetime, power power plants of batteries and solar panels on the ground. And that was patented by the US government. <laughs> that was patented by some nut job whose illustrations were fantastic, but he just didn't <laughs> make the cut this week. Um, maybe I'll bring it back another time, but he his, his drawings are amazing. I'm still not quite sure how he gets the solar energy onto the intercontinental ballistic thing. Missile, sorry. Um, <laughs> but he, he did talk about having to have them constantly moving so they'd never be taken by any foreign um, force. So you yep. would have them on like boats and trucks. Driving Reasonable. around constantly. He's thought about Very everything, nice. covered all bases. Yeah, it was it was well thought out. I, do, I don't think the technology's there, but I do like the idea. It sounds more like a, you know, like a John Grisham novel or something like that than a action. Sounds fucking movie. sweet. That's what it sounds. Yeah, yeah. I might, I might bring it up on a wild card episode or something. Well, Archimedes invented a death ray as well, <laughs> and it's probably out of patent by now. So yeah, feel yeah, free yeah. to rip that off. Um, all right, so I'll go next. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell you all about 2017. It was a it was a big year for us autistics. Firstly, we had the release <laughs> of the long anticipated season three of Rick and Morty, including the inspired episode Pickle Rick, where the main character, I kid you not, turns himself into a pickle. He's called Pickle Rick. It's the funniest shit I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. To be fair, you have to have a very high IQ. <laughs> <laughs> then we got our Szechuan sauce thank you very much and of course our biggest win for 2017 was the proliferation of fidget spinners people like me have problems with stimulation we find it hard not to fidget and finally we had something to spin in our hands oh no but it wasn't just people like me you see normies and wizards the world over bonded over these stupid little plastic spinny things that just spin and that's about it. Oh, they no. just spit, really. <laughs> if millions and millions of fidget spinners sold worldwide, you'd think the guy who came up with them would get rich. But no, the design was never patented. Like Ooh. pet rocks, no one knows why fidget spinners became so popular, and therefore no one predicted it. No one got in on the ground floor they're fucking and made sweet themselves I and the inventor out. super rich. I have one on my desk. Lachlan you right is there. currently spinning a fidget spinner. I'm spinning a fidget spinner, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, um, sorry, continue. <laughs> Fuck it up. That poor inventor. I remember hearing something about this at the time, but I was too busy watching fidget spinner trick shot videos on YouTube <laughs> to actually read an article about it. <laughs> so I didn't get the full story. It's so dumb that those videos actually exist. <laughs> Trick shots with fidget spinners. <laughs> Have you seen like thousand degree fidget spinner versus like 
X, you know. Oh, God, no. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> well, I decided this would be a great topic for our episode on patents. Mm-hmm. So I Googled that fidget spinner inventor and started reading. Mm-hmm. Let me read from a Guardian article dated May 5, 2017. Title, as fidget spinner craze goes global, its inventor struggles to make ends meet. As the inventor of the original fidget spinner, the ubiquitous new toy that has become a craze in playgrounds across the world, Catherine Hedinger should be enjoying the high life. But the Florida-based creator is not making a penny off her genius invention, even as global sales of the gadget she envisioned two decades ago uh, as a way to entertain her seven-year-old daughter soar into the tens of millions and suppliers struggle to meet massive demands. Hedinger held the patent on fidget spinners for eight years, but surrendered it in 2005 because she couldn't afford the $400 renewal fee. Oh, no. I just didn't have the money. It's very simple, she said. Now, while the manufacturers and retailers are selling the modern-day versions of the toy rack up huge profits, Hedinger, 62, is downsizing from her tiny house to a cheaper condo, wondering whether to get her disconnected telephone line reinstated and figuring out how to afford a car. It's challenging being inventor, she told The Guardian during a coffee shop interview. Hedinger accepts that she would have been able to afford to if she had been able to afford to keep the patent, she would now likely be sitting on a sizable fortune. Uh-huh. I wouldn't have any problem. That would have been good, she said. Hedinger insists she is not bitter over the opportunity and instead is encouraged by the spinner's sudden popularity. Several people have asked me, aren't you really mad? But for me, I'm just pleased that something I designed is something that people understand and really works for them. Oh, that's a good <laughs> attitude to so have. So then it goes into how she invented it in one summer, you know, a couple uh-huh. of decades ago. Mm-hmm. And then it says, she also flew with her daughter to Washington, D.C. for an appointment with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office and secured a patent on her design in 1997. Oh. So she put, she put the effort in. Okay, okay. Yeah, and then it goes on a bit more. Couldn't get a retailer on board. Sad story. Damn. Um, she should have gone on a shark tank. <laughs> that would have been all over it. Undeterred, Hedinger is currently working contract engineering jobs to earn income while helping advise others at meetings of the Inventors Council in Central Florida. And also has plans to manufacture and sell her original spinner design if a Kickstarter appeal can raise enough funds. Hmm. So does no one hold the patent then if she's making the original design? I feel like some- Well, mm, it is not quite how things could have turned out had she retained the fidget spinner patent and secured her financial future, but Hedinger insists she only has one regret. I would probably be doing more inventing, she said. That's the end of the article, but the article ends, as every Guardian article does, by saying, news is under threat. Just when we need it most, millions of readers around the world are flocking to the Guardian in search of honest, authoritative, fact-based reporting that can help them understand the biggest challenge. And then it hit me. This is the Guardian. Uh Why am I taking anything they say at face value? (laughs) This story is probably, like everything the Guardian publishes, total bullshit Uh written by some degenerate reporter who only cares about getting enough clicks to keep her terrible job at this terrible newspaper because she has no real skills, can't contribute anything of worth to society, and also who's going to feed those 12 cats. (laughs) Go hard. Fuck. 
So thank you, Guardian, for begging for money at the end of your article, because for a second there, I forgot that I was reading The Guardian, (laughs) and I was taking what I was reading at face value. So, how bad was it? Well, it was actually even worse than I thought. I was expecting a bit of hyperbole, a bit of exaggeration, maybe just a bit of good old-fashioned negligence. (laughs) But even I, a seasoned, seasoned Guardian skeptic, was shocked by the absolute malfeasance and brazenness of this reporter. So let me fact check this article, which was written by a gentleman named Richard Luscombe, who, as of recording, has not responded to multiple requests for comment. Oh, hi. (laughs) You you actually contacted him. Yeah, he's ducking me. He's ducking me. (laughs) Can't handle the heat. Get out of the kitchen. Yeah. So, firstly, Catherine Hedinger did not invent the fidget spinner. What? So, that's a bad start. What? (laughs) The entire premise of your article is that she deserves to be profiting off her invention, but it turns out she didn't even invent it. What? What? So, Catherine Hedinger- Why is she saying she did then? That's like me saying, oh, I invented uh, engines. (laughs) Engines or engines? Engines. Can I just- I just want to raise a point here. While we're on it. Brad, why do you say engines instead of engines? No, just an enunciation <laughs> my, my thing. Brother, really. My brother was listening to our uh, Air Crashes episode, and he said yeah. to me, he, he came into the room, because I'm working from my parents' place during this lockdown, came into the room and he said, why does Brad say engines? I can't listen to this, because he keeps saying engines instead of engines. And I said, <laughs> yep, you try working with him. Oh. I would like to say uh, to Daniel, I'm assuming mm-hmm. it's Daniel, I doubt it's Brennan. Yeah. No, Brennan um, doesn't listen. I appreciate that you have uh, made the logo for this podcast. It, <laughs> it was good uh, visual design work, but uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. Yeah. So, anyway. anyway. <laughs> Back to the show. So, um, yeah, she didn't invent it. So, uh, what Catherine Hedinger did invent was a shitty flopping spinning toy that looks like a flying saucer. It's basically a frisbee with a dome in the middle. You Mm -hmm. put your index finger in the dome and wobble it around while balancing it on your index finger. It's not even close. That doesn't sound sound fun. It's not even close to this three-pronged piece of plastic that spins around a stationary center pad that is the actual fidget spinner, which, by the way, was shown as the main picture in the article. I wonder why the main picture wasn't of Catherine's spinning toy, but instead was a fidget spinner. What kind of motive could they have had there? Secondly, Catherine Hedinger's patent, as you could imagine, would in no way cover the fidget spinners that we have all come to know and love. Mm. Anyone with half a brain could tell by a 10-second look at the official pattern. Um, There's a picture of the design, and the abstract reads, a toy device, which includes a centered dome structure and a skirt, is used as a spinning toy. Fidget spinners don't have domes or skirts. Mm -mm. Myth busted. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty Adam Savage. Got him. (laughs) Thanks, Brad. Brad. Um, Yeah, so the author presumably knew the pattern wouldn't cover fidget spinners since he actually saw the pattern when he found it and linked to it in the article. 
So this is how brazen this reporter was. He linked to the actual pattern, hoping that people would see the link to the pattern and take that, the presence of the link, Uh as evidence, but hoping they wouldn't actually click the link because they would immediately realize he was talking out of his his ass if they actually clicked it. It That is a a five-head bluff right there. That's <laughs> oh. a, a ballsy bluff. It, it is. Just, it is. No one's going to click it. I'll just link to the thing that contradicts my entire article, the entire premise of my article, and hope nobody clicks that link. So, anyway, thirdly, even if Catherine Hedinger's pattern, which was for a totally different toy, remember, <laughs> even if it was renewed in 2005, it would have expired in 2014, three full years before <laughs> Fidget Spinners <laughs> took over the world. <laughs> Oh, shit. So, let's recap. The article claims the woman invented the fidget spinner. False. (laughs) That she had a patent for fidget spinners. Also false. And that she would be entitled to millions if she didn't let that patent expire in in 2005. False. (laughs) (laughs) I'll put a link in the description to an image of Catherine Hedinger's spinning toy and the patent in case uh, any of any anybody wants to look at it and see how ridiculous this is. But Lachlan and Brad, I'm sending you a picture of heading a spinning toy right oh, now. Okay. So you can tell me what you think. That oh does not God. look like what a fidget spinner. That what looks is nothing that? like a fidget spinner. It looks like a frisbee with a dome in the middle. That's exactly what it's it exactly is. what I described. It's a frisbee that has a dome in the middle. There's no way that's a it fidget spinner. Doesn't have, even... It doesn't have the spinning part. <laughs> it doesn't have any stationary point like <laughs> the, you know you hold on to with two fingers. No. It's nothing like a fidget spinner. How could you couldn't you... spin that through your fingers anyway? It's too big. Like how could yeah, it's like five times bigger than it's a fidget spinner. It's the size spinner. of a frisbee. It's a frisbee with a it's like she <laughs> melted a fucking frisbee accidentally once and went, This is a new toy. <laughs> Fucking idiot. I'm surprised she even got a patent for it. Yeah. Because they would say, like, <laughs> this is just a piece of plastic. Oh, it's they not they will <laughs> give you a patent for anything, and I'll get into that later. They, they'll go. All right. So you, you're you trying to patent a Frisbee. That's, that's, that's the <laughs> yeah, conversation. No, no, no listen. Yeah, no. It's also got a dome on top. <laughs> yeah, it melted in the it's sun. A, it's a patent granted. It's, it's As I described, it's a Frisbee with a little bump right yeah. in the center. Yes. That is exactly. And you just stick your index finger yeah. inside. I don't. That bump, I think even your description was too generous. I think because yeah. I thought the dome spun on the disc, but it's literally yeah. one single oh, no. hard, rigid piece of plastic. Yeah, it's one piece of plastic. Yeah, there's no moving parts. Yeah. The whole thing is just it's yeah. just a disc that you spin. Um, anyway, with that in mind, now let's reread some key passages <laughs> from this article. <laughs> Bad start. Very first line is, as the inventor of the original fidget spinner, <laughs> Catherine Hedinger should be enjoying the high life. Wrong. Next sentence. Calls it her genius invention. No. The gadget she envisioned two decades ago. No. Clearly a different gadget. She did not envision the fidget <laughs> oh, spinner. She didn't even and envision something good. This one. Hedinger held the patent on fidget spinners for eight years. No, she didn't. <laughs> she held a patent on something. How a completely so different patent. Fuck it out. And Hedinger accepts that had she been afford to, had she been able to afford to keep the patent, she would now be likely sitting on a sizable fortune. <laughs> no, she would. No one would buy that piece of shit. <laughs> She'd be what eight hundred bucks down. 
She couldn't sue any manufacturer of a fidget spinner and say, actually, that's my pattern. No, that's right. Because it's not the same thing. It's uh, It's not even close. Do you reckon when he sat down with her at a cafe, he was honest with her, like, oh, do you think that you've got the patent for the fidget spinner and had a look at it with her and went through with her? Or do you think he was just talking to her about her thing and, like, her invention and, like, he got all those quotes out of her un, like, out of context, in a yeah, sneaky yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, he wasn't. He was being disingenuous with her, and then presented it like she a was like a journalist oh, you know, being disingenuous. Bad. Brad, I don't believe that. I can't no. say. Because <laughs> you would just have to be that full of yourself to think that that is a fucking fidget spinner. Like <laughs> this is why. This is why I was trying to contact the guy. Like you know, I was doing a bit of gotcha. Yeah. You know, there was a bit of a gotcha aspect to it, but I also genuinely wanted to know how this story came about. Like there's. Absolutely no way this guy wrote the article believing no. what he wrote. No. Mm. I mean, the main picture of the, the article is an actual fidget spinner. And then later in the article is a picture of a woman and a small child. And the small child is holding a fidget spinner. And she's also holding this, like, other weird thing that I didn't pay attention to at the start. <laughs> and then I realized later the other thing that she was holding was the original uh. fidget spinner. <laughs> so, uh. he's put that photo in. Knowing, like, this is the fidget spinner. Yeah, and very then misleading. in her other hand is the original dome frisbee. Mm. So, he knows he knows exactly what he's writing. Yeah. So, I wanted to know, like, is it just, you know, I, you know, I, I wanted to know, did he have a story to go with? And while investigating it, he realized it was total bullshit, but then just ran with it anyway? Or did he know that it was bullshit from the start? <laughs> You know, did he think like, oh, yeah. I'll get in contact with the original fidget spinner lady. Mm-hmm. And this woman misrepresented herself. Like, oh. Yeah, yeah. he's like, oh, I've wasted like four hours of my life. I don't have an article here. Maybe I'll just bullshit my way. Just go it. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Need them clicks. Exactly. And and why didn't he ever issue a retraction for the story? Because other news outlets started publishing like, oh, the woman that everybody says is the OG fidget spinner lady. It's not really. <laughs> it's not really the same thing. And he never issued a retraction that a guardian never deleted the article. So, like, you know, how did it? How did it even get yeah. to be published? Did an editor at the Guardian read over it and check the facts, or did they just publish it without any oversight? I reckon the the publisher, or the editor, sorry, looked at it, saw that he had the link there, and went, "Yeah, no, nah, he's probably got himself covered." <laughs> Didn't bother to click the link though. <laughs> Thought he'd done his due diligence. <laughs> Great editorial oversight. Yeah, there. exactly. But the the one question I wanted answered the most actually was, you know, when he met with Catherine in person, like you guys were saying, did she actually believe that she owned a patent that would cover the fidget spinners? Yeah. Or did she admit in person, like, yeah, my design's totally different. You know, there's, there's no way I would have covered that mm. and it would have expired anyway. Like, is she self-aware or does she actually <laughs> think that her shitty design would somehow make her a millionaire if she only had a patent I for mean, it still? I mean, if she's- the kind of person to go and put a patent on a warped piece of plastic. Um, I think she's probably the same type of person to believe that she invented the fidget spinner. Yeah, okay. That's it. <laughs> well, the, the other thing is that she just fed him the quotes that he wanted because she mm. was like, oh, cool, I'll get a news article written about me and this will be like my 15 minutes of fame. This yeah. will be interesting. Mm. That is also possible. Maybe yeah. she thinks that because her thing spins... And someone maybe saw it and then, like, de- derived it from that, you know? Maybe that's how she's yeah. seeing it as the inventor of the fidget. You'd have to be pretty fucking deluded to believe that. 
Yeah, she thinks her toy is totally, totally different, but it may have somehow inspired yeah, the fidget that, spinner. That's the only thing I can think of. Like, that's the only way you can draw a comparison between those. Is that they both are near fingers and spin. Was hers called a fidget <laughs> spinner, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's like having the patent for a boat and then seeing a car and going, oh, I invented that. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not dumb. I'm just saying yeah. maybe that explains <laughs> it. Like, I can see how you'd be like, oh, that, that land boat there carries people like my sea boat. I basically invented that. I don't fucking know. Yeah. And I'm just looking, I'm just looking at a pattern now and it says, like, it's titled spinning toy and it calls it during the article, it calls it a finger spinner, mm-hmm. not a fidget spinner, a finger spinner. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give, yeah I don't know. It's fucking. It's but the abstract, the abstract of the patent reads, a toy device, which includes includes a centered dome structure and a skirt, is used as a spinning toy. Like, so it, that's, that's very specifically- <laughs> Even the description, not, you can tell yeah. it's different. Yeah. If the description was super vague, I could kind of see how you could make that link. And again, I'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, yeah, it's, exactly. it's too specific. There's no way- it, It's it, ultra- yeah. It's, 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 even got, it's even got pictures. It's got like figure one, <laughs> figure two, and yeah. it's just clear. It looks like a flying saucer. I'm like, am I looking at yeah. a flying saucer here? Yeah. You are. You are. That's what but you're the other thing, the other thing is that I, I thought, you know, people might think, you know, Morgan, why are you getting so worked up? It's just a shitty clickbait <laughs> article about fidget spinners. But this guy, this guy who wrote the article, he writes for the Guardian and he writes for the Atlantic and other news articles, uh-huh. uh, news news outlets and he writes you know articles about climate change about politics you know mm-hmm. serious stuff so how can you trust anything this guy writes he clearly has no problem that's right completely fabricating stories mm-hmm. out of thin air so how can you trust him to you know it's just it's not like when he's covering something serious like politics that he puts on his journalist journalistic ethics hat <laughs> and you know it leaves leaves aside he's like I think think you might have stumbled upon a deeper issue here, Morgan. (laughs) You really have. (laughs) I I couldn't, I actually couldn't believe how brazen this was. (laughs) There's just no, there's no pretense that it was like, oh, my mistake. I guess I was wrong. I'll fix up the article and I'll issue (laughs) issue a retraction and I'll delete the article. Like he knew there's no way he could have not known that he was publishing total, utter, Bullshit, and I think I think that's why he's ducking me when I'm asking him the hard <laughs> questions. I'm going hard in the paint, and he's just like, "Look, Doug, I'm not replying to your I'm tweets." I'm sure <laughs> he just hasn't seen your tweets yet. And uh, before before this episode airs, he'll definitely reply, and you know he will realize now that you've explained it to him that yes, in fact, his article was slightly misleading, and uh, I'm sure there will be a retraction in the Guardian by the time this episode is published. Yeah, he'll have realised the error of his ways after someone on Twitter pointed them out. <laughs> Correct. That's what Twitter's for. Thanks, exactly. Exactly. That's how journalists operate when they... <laughs> All right. So, this this brings me into Morgan's Would You Rather. Morgan. Morgan. Morgan's Would You Rather. So, I don't know if you guys have ever watched a TV show called The Amazing Race. But they often have these um, pit stop challenges where you can choose to do something that is easy, but it's going to take a long time, Mm -hmm. or something that's very difficult, so you might get stuck on it forever, or you might be able to nail it in like 10 minutes and then keep going on. Yeah. So, this is kind of the theme for Morgan's Would You Rather. Okay. So, would you rather 
quick version, potentially quick version, high risk, high reward version. Would you rather master 10 fidget spinner trick shots from the <laughs> six minute, 34 second YouTube video by Do Perfect? <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's like 40 trick. There's like 40 trick shots in there. So you got to master 10 of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or would you rather read 100 Guardian articles <laughs> from their editorial section? Trick, trick shots. <laughs> trick shots every day. Yeah. It doesn't matter if I like. I wouldn't make it through the Guardian articles. I'd kill myself before. So it's like a choice between death and you know maybe a slow death. But the, I mean, the trick shots you come out a more skilled person on the other end. The Guardian mm. articles you come out wanting to die. So or dead, you know, or dead. Yeah, <laughs> or you don't come out at all. Yeah, exactly. I. It could be a bit of a black pill, but it could also just be like a. You know, see what the, you know, Sun Tzu, uh, war, you know. <laughs> no, they know thy enemy. <laughs> there, there is no warfare that that could prepare you for. That is, I, I just, it would be like walking through the gates of hell and then trying to do a self-improvement class in the middle of it. It's just not going to happen. I just, no. Uh, Joke's on you anyway. I'm already the of- master of the fidget spinner. Yeah, also, when you say master, do you mean just pull them off or do you have to be able to pull them off at will? Uh, I'll probably just pull them off once. Yeah. That's an amazing oh, race. Sort all of day. Thing. Every yeah. day. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. No, I don't know if you've this do perfect video, Brad, though. Like, <laughs> they're not easy. <laughs> do you know what's not easy? Reading any kind of Guardian article <laughs> or editorial op ed, anything. I just. Oh, it's, it's, the, it's the concentrated level of AIDS and cancer. <laughs> So I like to call it Cades. <laughs> it's just, it's absolutely fucking terminal. So yeah. Cades. Or, or answer. I don't know. Aids. Um, well, you know, there's, there's of course that phrase peak guardian, which means that something's just like yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> it's so like work that it's beyond parody. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think I can handle the, I think I could handle the Guardian articles. I'm just reading oh. through some of the headlines <laughs> oh, no. on the editorial section now. And, um, you know, it would, <laughs> I'm not saying it would be easy, <laughs> but I could do it. <laughs> there are some acronyms here that I don't recognize and I don't want to recognize. <laughs> I don't know what BAME means, but it's something to do with um, BAME. Inequality and injustice. Some racism thing. Anyway. Yeah, Blockman, tell us about patent trolls. Well, first, before that, I have a Lachlan's Advice Corner, helping losers act normal. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. So, this is Lachlan's Advice Corner, helping losers act normal. Oh, that was impressive. Thank you, uh, (laughs) David Attenborough, for that. Yeah, it was pretty good. I'm I'm, I'm out of nowhere. So, this week, uh, I got a letter from... Anonymous or Anony Mouse. Uh, I don't know if that was intentional or they just don't know how to spell. Uh, but that's not the advice <laughs> they're asking for. <laughs> so, Anony Mouse writes, Hi guys, big fan of the show and I've recently had an issue that I can't seem to figure out on my own. So, I was hoping to get Lachlan's advice. You've come to the right place, Anony Mouse. Ooh. I have a friend of mine who I've been friends with for years. He's an alright guy, but I'd cut him off if I wasn't too old to make new friends. Anyway, he's always making retarded jokes and he's not funny at all. He sends me weird Snapchats that aren't funny a lot, of which are extremely homoerotic. 
My question is twofold. Is it worth it to keep being his friend? And if so, how do I tell him to stop? He's not funny, and neither are his snaps. Thanks in advance, Anony Mouse. Well, Anony Mouse, this is something I have experienced with as well. Something I have to deal with in my day-to-day life. Um, and honestly, my advice is no, it's not worth being his friend. Um, you just need to cut him out. It might be hard. You're probably going to upset him, but um, you'll be better off. Just just cut that tie and both move on with your lives. Yeah, just get over it. It's like uh, peeling yeah. off a Band-Aid. That's right. Mm. <laughs> That's excellent advice. Alternatively, you know, he's probably a nice guy. And, uh, you know, maybe other people find him funny. <laughs> and maybe other people find him funny. And if you don't like his Snapchats, then just get off Snapchat and watch him. No one's asking you to open the Snapchats. <laughs> okay. Oh, that was Lachlan's advice quarter, helping losers act normal. Thank you, Anonymous Mouse, for the question. We appreciate yeah. it. Anyone else, feel free to send yours in. Now, <clears throat> I think you, I think you'll be getting another one for next week. I just have a feeling okay. that you'll get one for next I'll week. I look forward to that. <laughs> so, remember in primary school when you would say something and some other kid would say, hey, that's my idea. And you would reply, well, I thought of it yesterday. So the other kid would say, well, I thought of it before I was born. That's what patent trolls are, in a nutshell. Patent trolls (laughs) register or buy very broad, very vague patents, often relating to emerging technologies, then file patent infringement lawsuits against companies who utilize those ideas or mechanisms in their products. That explanation in itself is a bit vague, just like the uh, patents that the patent trolls register. So let me give you an example. In 1994, a software developer named James Average released a screensaver for sale that would have the Energizer bunny pop up on your screen. It's cute. Uh, And he had permission from Energizer to use the rabbit, so no worries, right? Wrong. Average was hit with a lawsuit for infringing a patent that describes showing a logo on a digital screen. (laughs) (laughs) That's any logo on any screen. Average was able to use friends in the media to spread the story and get the troll to back down, but can you imagine if he had settled that case or, worse, fought it and lost? Every company in the world would have to settle with or buy a license from this scumbag. Not everyone has the stamina or connections to make these ludicrous cases go away, though. The majority of patent troll cases are settled. The reality is that it's simply faster and cheaper to settle than it is to fight in court. When you're a business, your top priority is the bottom line, regardless of whether you're in the right or not. And that's exactly what the patent trolls want. They don't want to go to court. They just want you to think they'll go to court. And they'll point out to you how annoying that whole process will be. The average defendant who actually fights these trolls in court ends up spending $2 million over 18 months. And that's when they win. Can you imagine how frustrating that is? Knowing that you're right and having to fight it and spend all this time and money anyway? It's no wonder that most choose to settle out of court. Fuck. 
I watched a TED talk by Drew Curtis, the founder of FARC.com. That's FARC, not fuck, F-A-R-K, who yeah, chose yeah. to fight a patent troll claiming infringement on a patent for distributing press releases via email. <laughs> what? Gooseberry Natural Resources, a company who prior to acquiring this patent did not exist, filed a lawsuit against the aforementioned FARC as well as Dig, Reddit, Yahoo, MSN, TechCrunch, and others for patent infringement. Holy shit. Curtis hoped to band together with his fellow defendants and tell Gooseberry to fuck off, but one by one, the other companies all settled, and Curtis had no idea what the terms of settlement were. Part of the settlement and standard practice for patent trolls was a non-disclosure agreement makes it harder to fight these trolls if you don't know what they've managed to get out of other, bigger companies. Even more frustrating was the fact that FARC wasn't even infringing the bogus patent. FARC is a link aggregator, similar to Reddit, but only for news instead of jerking each other off about how great abortion is. (laughs) FARC does not deal in press releases, only news stories. Reddit is a fucking shithole. It um, is. By the yeah, way, visit into a few arguments on that. Reddit.com slash r slash Brad is a bad person. Um, <laughs> if, if this case went to court, it would surely be a slam dunk for FARC. Unfortunately, not. The US justice system is based on innocent until proven guilty with two exceptions. Patent infringement and any case where the defendant is black. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect that. I was like waiting to learn something. Like, oh, patent infringement and fucking hell. It is assumed that the US Patent Office only awards fair, reasonable, non-obvious, and that's the key word, non-obvious, patents. So if you are accused of patent infringement, it is up to you to prove that either you are not infringing the patent or the patent is bullshit. It's very difficult to prove a negative and it's even harder to convince a government that it is capable of fault. (laughs) Curtis managed to get Gooseberry to drop the lawsuit by proving that he would fight for the principle and not just the outcome. He was willing to throw more money at lawyers than he would ever have lost to the patent trolls. And that's the key to fighting them. Either make it very clear that you have no money, or you have so much money that you can outlast them. (laughs) These patent trolls generally employ lawyers who work on contingency. That is, they only get paid if they win. If it becomes clear that they're not going to get anything out of you, then they'll quickly lose interest. So what can be done about these patent trolls? Maybe the US Patents Office could be a little more selective with the patents they grant? Not likely. What about legislation? In 2013, a bipartisan bill was passed through U.S. Congress that would have forced plaintiffs in patent infringement cases to pay the defendant's legal fees in the case that the plaintiff lost. That would have stopped the patent trolls in their tracks. Surely, you're not going to go out and file bogus lawsuits knowing that you'll probably lose and have to pay for the defendant's legal fees when you do lose. Seems Uh, reasonable. There's there's no money to be made there. Mm. But... The bill was killed in the Senate at the very gentle encouragement of lobbyists representing trial lawyers. As always, the government is corrupt and useless, so the free market is here to save the day. A software engineer named Alexander Rebin 
has created an algorithm that spits out a continuous stream of vague invention ideas that are then published on his website. In applying for a patent, you are expected to show that there's no prior art. The thing you're patenting (laughs) hasn't been done before. Well, any stupid and vague patents that are granted in the future are going to be nullified thanks to allpriorart.com. Some of my favorites from the over (laughs) 4 million ideas listed on the website are... Holy shit. An apparatus to stir liquids. (laughs) (laughs) Packaged water. (laughs) That's genius. That could take off. A cushion on a seat. A cushion on a seat. (laughs) A virtual image of a real object. (laughs) And... (laughs) This one probably won't thwart any patent trolls, but I just think it's great. A vending machine that creates a mask of the person standing in front of it. Ooh. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Yeah, Why do you need a mask of your own face? That's sick. You can only make a mask of the person standing in front of it. Why would you need that? <laughs> Uncanny Valley. Yeah. What if you want to? You know, wait, 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 wait! No, what if you wanted to pull off a robbery, right? And then you, so you wear the mask, right? You go and you do the robbery, and then you're like, "It was <laughs> someone yeah. that guy. <laughs> it was someone wearing my mask. What the fuck? That wasn't even." No, one, no one's going to expect that you're wearing a mask of yourself. It's genius. Exactly, it's genius. Perfect crime. So yeah, fuck patent trolls. Um, this sort of thing can't happen in Australia because we have that clause where if you lose, you have to pay um, the defendant's legal fees and. I think all Commonwealth countries do, but in America they don't, um, except for in very selective cases. And uh, it's something like 62% of all patent infringement cases are these bogus patent trial lawsuits, which is Mm. just, just imagine how frustrating that is. Mm. I think what they can do is after they win a case, they can sue people for the legal fees afterwards in a separate case. Yeah. Saying that- you know, the the new case is that the old case was bogus and you fighting it was unreasonable, so yeah. you'd have to pay yeah, my legal but fees. But again, that's another 18 months of fighting in court and you're spending more money on lawyers. And, yeah, and then there's always mean. the chance that the judge won't find that it was a bullshit case and that it was worth fighting. And then you're out even more money. You're just throwing good money after bad. So um, from a business yeah. perspective, it's just you just got to settle. That's the only option. It is a hell of a lot easier, yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. That- that is and it. that's what they're counting on. They just say, yeah, give us a small settlement and we'll do that to 10 different people. We'll get a few grand out of each of them mm-hmm. and then, you know, you don't have to worry about it and we get paid. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's what they'll say. They say, look, we, we want to settle this. Just give us your best offer for settlement and they'll accept it no matter what it is. That, <laughs> that's just such a dick move. It is. Isn't it just frustrating? And they're stifling, <sighs> stifling proper creativity because people are scared to use... These vague ideas, you know, vague, very obvious ideas in their inventions because they don't want patent trials to come after them. A cushion on a chair. A device for stirring liquid, though. That's pretty specific. (laughs) I feel like that one will take off. Like, I don't know. I have confidence in that. I would invest in a device for stirring liquid. Yeah, it's just, and this is. Imagine if you went on Shark Tank with that. Shark Tank. I fucking love Shark Tank. How did we not talk Shark about Shark Tank? Shark Tank is fantastic. Uh, I love Dragon's Den and Shark Tank. I love them both. I don't watch this show because I can't stand fucking ads on free-to-air TV, but I mm. do watch YouTube highlight videos of people oh, getting chewed out. It's fucking mental. If you uh, walk into Shark Tank without a patent on your idea, 
you are walking out of there penniless. You're not getting <laughs> yeah. anything. And you have you've to just have a given the you've just given people who have the ability to just go quickly into production uh-huh. your idea as well. That's so right. That was stupid of you. That's right. And that's that's actually a good point about patents. Patents shouldn't be a real thing. If someone can beat you to market with your idea that you came up with, then they deserve to make the money, not you. Uh, oh, Lachlan, you also don't believe in IP. No, Is that no, true? No. Not really. I was going to say, I think, what about people who come to market after you but just do a shittier, cheaper version and steal your market share? Well, you've got That's to fine. rely on the fact that you made the better product. The yeah, free like, market will decide, Brad. China, for example, that steals, uh-huh. all, like, um, steals all of BMW's uh, like patents aren't and stopping. Patents aren't stopping Chinese bootlegs, Brad. They no, they're not. That's fuck. what I mean. And it's destroying BMW business in China because they can't sell anything there because there's these cheap like okay, Xiaomi but I, but fucking cars. Look at it from the point of view of the consumer. If you can get exactly the same thing for cheaper, well, but it's will. not though. It looks identical to a BMW from the outside, but on yeah, the inside, so it's if a you piece want, if you want the quality, you're going to go for the original manufacturer. Mm. It's a, it's a I compromise. S- you can go for the cheaper one. That is more readily available, or you can go for the better quality one that costs more and is from the original creator. What if they don't make the distinction, though? So, for example, they pretend to be in BMW, and it actually hurts BMWs. You know, well, that's that's a that's a copyright and trademark thing. That's not a patent thing. That's yeah. that's different. All right, fair enough. Yeah, but yeah, in in general, you know, the 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 market will sort that out. That's if, right. You know, people want the cheap, crappy version. Because it costs less and they don't really care about quality as much, then they'll get that. And people who want the expensive version that's legit and OG will get that one. And then everybody gets what they want. So it's it's a win-win-win. That's right. What if they make it exactly the same as yours, like indistinguishable, and they just eat into your market share? Good. They deserve it. That's right. <laughs> they <laughs> did it better than you. No, exactly. they did the they exact able- same as you. But Sorry? then now the market, yeah. market... So, for example, you've got 100% of the market, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They make one that is exactly. They take yours. They make it an exact replica of it, and now yep. you only have fifty percent of the market. Does that yep. seem fair? Because they wouldn't have been able to make that money or make it. Brad, that'll that'll push prices down because now there's two That's people right. competing. You had a monopoly before, so the prices were really high. Uh-huh. Now there's two players in the game. They have to compete each other, p- compete against each other for efficiency and. That's cost right. It's good for the consumer. Price. So. The hmm. consumer wins. They get a cheaper product. There's two places they can buy it from. Yeah, I'm not saying the consumer doesn't win. I'm just saying, how do you feel as the business owner? That's it. Fuck right. the business owner. Um, <laughs> one interesting thing about these patent <laughs> trolls that uh, I I couldn't fi- find out why this is the case, so I didn't include it. But I think it's an interesting tidbit. Is that um, something like 85% of all patent troll lawsuits are filed in? Um, a small town in the east of Texas because uh-huh. for oh. some reason judges and juries there are more sympathetic to patent infringement plaintiffs than anywhere else in the country. Um, That's that, was that a plot point on Silicon Valley, the TV show? Uh, maybe. I think, yeah. I don't know if it was. I think a, they went to like the thing. middle of some middle of nowhere, some town. Yeah, maybe. Well, that's that's the other thing. It's very annoying for these big companies based in California and New York to have to travel to some shitty little town in East Texas. Um, but as a result, a lot of big tech companies donate a lot of money and infrastructure to this town, like right outside the courthouse in this town in fucking Texas. 
there is a big outdoor ice skating rink that Samsung built and maintained. <laughs> because shit. they keep getting hit with patent troll cases. So they That's want to win favour with the town. I um I saw That's awesome. I saw a pa- uh, patent for a method of painted trolling. So I I oh, feel like that okay. That's a bit meta. I didn't look into it because it's, the yeah. language was <laughs> fucking obtuse, to say the mm. least. But uh, from my general understanding, is it, they were trying to patent patent trolling to stop people from patent trolling. <laughs> yeah, and it it, it was super, super meta, but it was quite funny. I did did enjoy trying to understand. It was so the language was so roundabout. Mm. It was insane. Like I could not wrap my head around how they were actually doing it. But yeah. Yeah, it would have been hilarious if it worked. But yeah, patents are dumb. Uh, it's just asking the government to protect you because you can't do it as good as someone else would. Ooh, I take it. It's a, yeah, it's a total waste of money. It's like red tape and uh, extra regulations yeah. that just, it it's bad for business, it's bad for the consumer. The only person that wins is a patent troll and fuck them because they're not actually contributing anything no, to they're not inventing anything. society. They're not, yeah, they're just terrible people. So- yeah, get rid of IP. That sorts it. That solves the problem. <laughs> okay. Boom. There you go. Fight me. Let's hear your thoughts in the comments on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I'm sure no one will disagree with that opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to a podcast where people were debating IP, and uh, one of them was saying that it shouldn't exist, and the other was saying that it should. <laughs> and I felt the uh, it shouldn't exist was much, much more compelling. So <laughs> I was convinced. That um, is an excellent anecdote. And I, I always feel like that as well. Whenever I create something or do something, I'm like, you know, anyone can have this. Yeah, <laughs> it's part of your contribution to the world. I'm sorry. <laughs> what was the last thing that you you created that could have been patented? Uh, just that I mean, like, if I, if we make something, I'm happy for other people to reproduce it, like our podcast or something. Like, if someone's <laughs> sending that out, I used to write articles of people, you know, send them out and make money. They put ads in the article and they make $10 off the article that Morgan wrote, and they can have that $10. I don't need that $10. <laughs> okay. I'll take. Well, again, I'll that's take. more, that's more copyright than, uh, than <laughs> patents. But I don't, I feel like you guys yeah, don't yeah. understand the difference between copyright and patents. No, I- they're the same thing. Basically. <laughs> okay. No, I, I get what you're saying. I understand. Yeah. Maybe. No, just that if you if you come up with an idea, that's great. And yeah, but it's it's not it's not a material thing. If you have an idea in your head, that's not material. Like there's yeah. not that's you can't own something that doesn't exist. Yeah, like, something has to exist for you to own it. So you, you can't have a right to an idea. You can't have a right to a brainwave. You uh-huh. have to have a physical thing to have a right to it. Brainwaves are like slaves. You can't own it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not in this day and age. Power rankings. <laughs> Brad's Power Rankings. All right. So this week's tenuously linked Power Rankings is the home <laughs> of ridiculous patents that never should have made it past the concept stage. Wish.com. More specifically, yes. the top five weird things on Wish.com. Yes. Yes. This All is right. very good. This is good. I like it. So Everything costs $1. Starting at number five, working way to number one. Number one being the worst thing that I found on Wish that is fucking weird and abhorrent. You should patent this uh, process of describing your rankings, Brad. Yeah, I should. 
I'd make a mint <laughs> when Morgan steals my sub, my uh, <laughs> steals my segment like he did last week. Um, so anyway, it was the num- week before. Yeah, Brad. that's a good that's a good example. If I wasn't allowed to steal that, Brad, the world would have been deprived of the top five best dung hangs in the biz. <laughs> There was some uh, See, Morgan uh, Morgan beat you to market with it and uh everyone loved it. So you know. <laughs> Yeah. The consumer won. You're all welcome, mm-hmm. listeners. <laughs> Alright, anyway, number five. Hello Kitty bathroom warmer toilet seat. Okay. Now, <laughs> I know that this isn't a licensed product because I'd like to think that the good people at Sanrio wouldn't be fucking stupid enough to make a toilet seat out of spongy materials. Ugh. Picture this. It's your morning dump. You saunter up to the toilet to take your seat and squelch down. Ah. Your kid pissed on the seat last night and his Ah. cold piss has been sitting there all Ah. fucking night. Your entire day is ruined and you have to find a lawyer now because you've axe murdered your little shit of a kid (laughs) for not pissing straight. Who buys this fucking shit? Yeah. Toilet seats shouldn't be made of anything absorbent. It's like those furry toilet seats. Who's asking for that? Yeah, it wasn't oh. like I was looking at it and it, it was like, oh, it wasn't like, like I've seen spongy ones that are like plastic on the outside, you know, like mm. at least that makes sense. But this was like made of, you know, like plush pile sort of, uh, and it was rainbow pattern. And I was like, oh, that is no, such a bad idea. Thank you. All right. Number four, funny shell Halloween full head mask. Now, I just wish... I've never had <laughs> this hideous creation molest my eyeballs. Fuck. Oh, What's so bad about a shell mask, you say? Well, this is a shell, but the internal structure is a pussy. Anatomically oh. correct and looking like a David Finch nightmare. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not sure how this one slipped by a shiny senses, but here we are. <laughs> so, just to be clear, it's not a, what did you say, head mask? It's a it's, full head mask. But it's got a vagina in it. The sli- It's like a clamshell on the side. So sp- uh, and the internal, the front where your face would be, is an anatomically correct vagina. So do you fuck it or not? No. no you, well, I mean, I, you could. <laughs> <laughs> number three, Brad. Go on. <laughs> Roll it on uh, in. <laughs> number three. The two-piece kid's toy. Let me just say Kid's toy water pistol mm-hmm. gel ball gun with two bags of bullets. Now, I'm reading these titles out verbatim, um, uh-huh. and at first it sounds pretty tame. It's just a kid's gun that shoots gel balls. Wrong. Yep. This kid's toy is shaped like a throbbing, veiny cock, completely, <laughs> completely anatomically correct, <laughs> with a ball bag pistol grip. <laughs> That's now, just good fun. I could see this. It, like, it has a place at like a hen's party or yeah, some big sure. guy's house for fun, you know, but... The sheer fact that it's marketed as a kid's toy has cemented it in it cemented its place in the annals of degeneracy. <laughs> annals. annals. <laughs> Should have gone there, man. I fucked that. Number two. And this one's got a long title. How you like my meat now, funny moose hunting oh, hunter, car window decal. <laughs> I've got that. This <laughs> is a sticker of a moose forcibly sodomizing a hunter. <laughs> 2,549 people brought this $3 sticker and left it with an overall rating of 4.5 stars. That's out of five, not out of a thousand. 
these people are out there breathing our precious air, using our precious resources, and the scariest of all, breeding. If you bought one of these stickers, I would like to ask you to do me a favour and forcibly remove yourself and any of your offspring from the breeding pool for the betterment oh, of mankind. God. And number one, the Tianmai oh, Rose Quartz Dildo Crystal Smoking Pipe. What? I'm going to run through <laughs> that, was, that again that because was, there's a lot that of words. too many things all at once. Tianmai Rose Quartz Dildo Crystal Smoking Pipe. I fucking don't know where to begin with this one. The sheer degeneracy of the title should be more than enough to convey the issues I have here. The 16 people who gave this an overall rating of 4.5 need to be shot. Anything you use to pleasure yourself certainly shouldn't double as a crack pipe, but I guess that's the caliber of people who would even buy this fucking thing in the first place. On the plus side, it's a steal at $19.80 marked down from 100 <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is a rose quartz dildo. For starters, oh my god, who the fuck would use a rose quartz dildo? And then Some on top of that, broad. who would drill a hole in it and then smoke crack or fucking <laughs> weed out of it? What? A- so, are you? Is it like a you use it as a dildo and then you smoke with it, or are you supposed to like inhale through your vagina while you're fucking yourself with it? Uh, look, I think they'd probably try both, um, but like. You've seen a salt lamp, right? Yeah. It looks like that, but in the shape of a dick. Uh, and then it's got a hole in, like, the tip and then, like, a hole towards the base. Um, yeah. And, yeah, you can put crack in there, you can put weed in there, but you also use it to fuck yourself. Well, that's just uh, oh my God. Good, good combination of two different products in a one. <laughs> I, think, I think if you can only afford one of those two items... Just choose one. Don't try to go through it. <laughs> Dual purpose. Like the convenience the, well, that it is afforded is I mean, not worth it. A, a pipe and a dildo are two things that you can like DIY with stuff lying around the house. So you probably don't need to buy either, to be honest. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you can use fruit for both of those things. That's right. mm. But I don't know. Are they going to uh. look as good on your nightstand? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, not nightstand. Mantelpiece, Brad. I'm showing that off. <sighs> and I, the more I think <laughs> about it, it's like how, how rough is like rose quartz going to be on your asshole or vagina? <laughs> like it's just not going to be pleasant. Oh, hey, hey, I've got this new sandpaper dildo. Give that a whirl. <laughs> okay. Fuck Jesus. it. Out. That'll do. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been <laughs> Brad is a bad person. Uh, Hope you've enjoyed this episode. We've enjoyed making it. And thank you again, Liam, for the generous donation and the episode suggestion. We hope that we lived up to your expectations. I'm sure we probably didn't. I'm sure when he wrote that email, he did not envision us talking about sandpaper dildos. Oh, and he wanted us to mention uh, Olivia Munn. He says she doesn't get enough recognition. But uh, let me tell you, it's too big recognitions that uh, I like about her. I don't know. I've got a rose quartz dildo crack pipe for her, if you know what oh, I'm saying. Good God. All right, uh, <laughs> thank you again for listening, and uh, please share these episodes with your friends. Bye.